Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't you say tires? Vive Clucot. It's the same thing. Just say tires. Where do we pick up from? Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. This is the center of the scene. Here's former hand modeling prodigy Luke Anderson. Spectacle Drifter, Will Duckins, on 1080 The Fan. Hey, hey, happy Saturday, kids. Uh, it is a beautiful day in Portland, Oregon, and very happy to have back uh, my co-host and the man, Will Darkins. Thank you. Very good to have you back. You were on a two-week Hawaiian vacation. Two weeks. You missed the NFL draft. You missed oh. the first round of the NBA playoffs. Did, oh. you, did you see what happened to the uh, <clears throat> Portland Trailblazers? Yes, I did. And I, I'm going to rub people's face in it because I said this, and I think there's maybe only three or four witnesses to it. I know one I, of I am definitely one, one of those them. witnesses. You're yeah. screaming it from the rooftops after game one. After game one, I said, it's over. It's a sweep. 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 Big time yeah. sweep. Yeah. You called it. So good job. You hate the Blazers more than anybody wearing a Blazers. I don't hate the Blazers. I am realistic about the Portland Trail Blazers. We, we have plenty of sports to get to, and we can even possibly dip Let me into just the Blazers a little bit. Go ahead. Let me say this, because I have to get it off my chest. Never put the ball with one minute left, down by two, in the hands of two white average guys. white guys. And don't go for two when you're down by okay. three. We can get to that later. But your your trip to Hawaii was uh, was eventful. It was uh, not your average vacation. You oh. had uh, you had a you had a big life moment on your trip to Hawaii. I joined the man's club, Luke. You joined, whoa, I don't think that, I joined the 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 men's club, the, the men's, men's locker room, if you will. I thought that maybe you could uh, share share what it was that you did. Plenty of touching when you were in Hawaii. What were you up to? Towel snapping. Real, real man now. So you lost your, you lost your virginity in Hawaii. Tell no, the story. Not oh, there. Wait. Okay. I was junior high. Okay. What? So what did you do when you were in Hawaii? Got engaged, man. Congratulations. Thanks. It's big news. Yeah, it's big time. Yeah. So what did you years, do? How'd you do it? What seven was years the dating? What's that? Seven years dating. Now engaged. Now engaged. Yeah. It's the whole story. Yeah, kind of. Well, so I put, we in, I put in this whole bed of music. It my, runs for an hour. My fiance is uh, what I would like to say a very understated person. Yeah. And she likes to uh, not have a lot of attention on herself. So basically, we went to Hawaii, but I just did it on a walk uh, near a park under a tree. And that was it. 
It was just very simple. You know, sometimes you don't need to make everything such a huge deal. Sometimes you do, though. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But I felt like it was Hawaii, so I'm kind of off the hook on doing something creative. I, I think I would agree with that. Like, I don't feel like I have to do something incredible at that point. We're going to friggin' Hawaii. Your first trip to Hawaii for both of you? Jesus, I'm friggin' broke. First trip to Hawaii for both of you? Uh, no, just for me. Okay. Well, there you go. So that's it was fun. Well, congratulations. Uh, our, our Will Darkens here is now engaged, um, and uh, so now you'll have to temper everything that you say on the show uh, because you're representing two people. Well, what was I saying before that was so bad? Except for accusing Blake Bortles of selling meth and ski doos on the side. Nope, that's pretty much it. And that's not that bad because we don't know if that's true or not. I think I think that's wild speculation. I think that is uh, discouraged in, in what we do. Eh. But either way. Either way, congratulations. Hey, um, while you were away, uh, we, we kind of developed uh, the starts, the bits and pieces of a new segment. I uh, heard about this. I wasn't you? crazy about it at first because I went back and listened to it, and I kind of was like, meh. And then I understood what it was. Okay, so you're, you're, you're all in now. I'm in. And we're going we're gonna to bring the people what they demand because we figured, hey, listen, there's probably people that listen to The Sinner and the Saint as their only source of sports news. They don't they don't pay attention to anything in the sporting world no. until Saturdays between 9 and 11. When they're picking up groceries. So what we want to do is is right off the top, we want to catch up, up on everything they may have missed in sports. And uh, this is uh, In Case You Missed It. Ooh. All right, everybody. Woo. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Luke Anderson, everyone. Luke Anderson. Oh, that, yeah, maybe we should do the big intro. And here he is. Luke Anderson. All right, everybody. In case you missed it this week, uh, the Warriors uh, currently have a 2-1 lead on the Pelicans. But the big story from this series seems to be the battle between Draymond Green and Rajon Rondo. What? This has all the echoes of the great NBA feuds that exist out there. Uh, Rodman and Carl Malone. Reminds me of Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas. Raymond Felton versus Cheesecake. Hey-o. Ah, oh, yeah. Ah. Maybe maybe more reminiscent of Lamar Odom versus the Love Ranch. Oh. No? Did you hear that cough at the end? Yeah. A little, worried about that guy. A little bizarre. Uh, that feud also started a side feud. Charles Barkley went uh, as far as to say that he would like to punch Draymond Green in the face. You kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Oh. I think you wait till the punchline before you dive in there, Paul Schaefer. Easy does it. <gasps> Charles Barkley had to issue two apologies after that. One to Draymond Green saying that he shouldn't have said those things. And he had to issue a second apology to America for not actually punching Draymond Green in the face. <laughs> hey. That uh, was a little that was a little rough. No, that's fine. After beating the Pacers in game seven, the Cavaliers are now up 2-0 on Toronto. It looks like LeBron James has turned the clocks back to 2007 when he carried a hapless Cavs team all the way to the NBA Finals. And it looks like the Toronto Raptors have turned the clocks back to every single time they're in the playoffs. I don't like that one. That's fine. That's fine. That's they're not bad. all great. Whoa. That's not good. You can't make fun of the Raptors like that. Uh, this one you definitely. Dwayne Casey is a quality human being. Okay, okay, calm down. This one you really won't like. Ben Simmons scored one point in the 76ers uh, game two loss to the Celtics. That was rough. Yeah, when asked about it, he said it's all part of, he said it's Australian accent, it's all part of the process. Just think how impressive it'll be when I come out and score twice as many points in game three. 
I feel like you're not even listening. You're just wanting to play all of your sound. Is that, is that about accurate? That was, uh, I got that from Family Matters when Steve Urkel and uh, ah. that lady kiss. That lady? What was the lady's name? I don't that? remember. Lena? I don't know. Lena Dunham? No. Family Matters? No, I don't think that's accurate. All right. I don't know that. All right. Pay more attention to the jokes and then use the appropriate sound. Don't just don't just display all the sound that you've created. You've done a wonderful job putting this together. Now don't ruin it by using it incorrectly. Shut your fucking face. Um, <laughs> let me just say this for a second. Okay. Jaleel White, who played yeah. Steve Urkel, uh, how is your life not ruined at this point? Because you're known as Steve Urkel. Like you're not something endearing. You're something that's like oh, kind of weird in the nineties. You're interrupting the flow of this monologue. Well, here. I'm new. All right, we'll get this. We'll get it. We'll get it. Uh, Tristan Thompson finally played significant minutes for the Cavaliers and had a huge impact on Game Seven of the Pacers series and Game One of the Toronto series, but he's still being ridiculed for the way he treated Khloe Kardashian. Yes. Yeah, Tristan Thompson, the man who's brought the first scandal to the Kardashian family. It's a lot of athletes have joined the Dancing with the Stars cast for this year. Have you seen the list? Oh, what is it? <laughs> ha! You, former USA softball pitcher Jenny Finch, former Red Sox and Yankee Johnny Damon, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, oh, right. Tanya Harding, and Increased Security. Now, is it Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Doesn't he suffer from, like, social anxiety or depression? I don't think so, no. I kind of think he does either that or it's not really that it's that like he keeps trying to coach people personally like he tried to coach andrew bynum and he couldn't get through to him and like he tried to coach Shaq. i remember couldn't get through to him i think he's distanced himself from basketball but i don't necessarily think that he has social anxiety he did the diving with the stars thing too didn't he was he doing high dive diving, diving? with the stars yeah, look it up it's not a show look it up is that on upn i don't know we got a bunch more of these jokes we need to get through. oh god can you cut it off Whoa, is it dying? We got to do a Twitter poll here. Yeah, we'll get to the Twitter poll. We got Easy. two of them. Are these jokes really not working for you? Eh, they're giving me a little something. All right. Here, let's get back into those. Albert Pujols, you mentioned this in the update. Albert Pujols got his 3,000th. 3,000th? 3,000th? What's wrong with you? He has now 3,000 hits. Yes. Better? Okay. Uh, and Pulo so far this season actually having a pretty decent year, hitting 256 with six home runs. Not bad for a guy that's something between 38 and 30, 44 years old. Oh, that did get not go well. Get out. <laughs> Speaking of uh, so funny, get out of here. So he he did that against the Mariners last night. Uh, the Mariners also had a big moment this week. Their pitcher James Paxton had 16 strikeouts in a loss. But the big news is that's the most strikeouts by a Canadian-born pitcher in the history of Major League Baseball. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the, ah. the former leader was, uh, from 2007, 15 strikeouts by Celine Dion. Okay, how about this? I'll get down on my knees. Is this any better? The Mariners uh, are not the only team with uh, off-the-field uh, news this week. Matt Harvey of the Mets was... Uh, removed from the team they tried to send him down to triple a but he refused to go the officials for the mets said that they had to let him go when his pitching got as bad as his personality no oh come on so overcoming you are just not into this at all well i i've had enough okay <laughs> <laughs> i bet you thought that was gonna be an explanation no 
<laughs> well, I've had enough. All right. I did like them, though. I'm clearly... Ha! All right. And I played a pretty good Paul Schaefer. I, d- I don't know that you did. I kind of thought I did. It was funny because you, you listen back to the last two weeks of it, and you're like, oh, when Joe was doing it and just letting you go, it sounded good. And then he goes, but last week it sounded a little bit more of a back and forth between you and Buck. I don't know that that worked as well. Oh. And here you are. You just can't stay quiet for more than a couple minutes. <laughs> oh. Do you want me to do my, my licking joke about hockey? Now, that one's warranted. That is very warranted. <laughs> Did you see Bradley Marchand from the Boston Bruins licked another player last night? Hell of a name. Brad Brad Marchand? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he licked another player? He licked a player first? So, yeah, he licked a player in the Toronto series, and then now they're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning last night. After being asked by the NHL to stop licking people, he licked another guy. Who'd he lick? His name is Ryan Callahan. Okay. And he plays for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was licked on the face. Mm-hmm. By Bradley Marchand. That's hot. Kind of Callahan's fault. Did you see what he was wearing? What? Hockey sweater. I think I think Marshawn's trying to figure out how many licks it takes to get the center of your face bashed out by a hockey stick. Wait, is that your punchline? Yeah, is that okay? It's a bit blunt. Well, that's the idea. It's a hockey so, stick. Let's see where. <laughs> Hey, how many more? Listen, they don't all work. How many more of these? There's you two. got like five sheets of paper. There's there. two. I've got, I've got all right. I've got two more. All right, let's hear them. Let's see this through. Whoo, buddy, this is rough. You're a terrible audience, by the way. Oh. I mean, the listeners are fine. You personally are a terrible audience. Cool. Uh, let's see. So, Oregon State Beavers in a little bit of recruiting trouble. Apparently, they're sending letters to players already enrolled at the University of Hawaii. Now, this is an NCAA violation. It probably won't bring the death penalty. But let's be honest. Even if it did, it won't be that much worse than last season. Uh, That's not going to sit well with me. I didn't think it would. Not with me. I didn't Because I got to tell you, I absolutely love that they did that. We'll let's, get into that in an hour or two. But let, I, or no. actually, next, yeah. yeah well, but, but, this is the whole setup. This oh, is why we finished with this joke. Well, no, the next line sets up the whole thing. Oh, all you right. You can't just be patient and let it carry through. Ooh. The Beavs may be bad at football, yeah. but, but at least they're bad at cheating, too. Oh. oh. And we will get to that next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint. On 1080 The Fan Day. All right, welcome back to The Sinner and Saint. I say that both to the audience and Will Darkens. Getting love on the text line. People happy to have you back. I don't know about that. I'm not. I know you're not. At least one person. I think you're just, you're you're pissy about the stand-up thing. No, uh, well, here's here's the thing. It's going to take time. No, you asked for it to be delivered in a certain way. So then I put on the over-the-top uh, late-night uh, delivery for it, and then you just derail it by going, oh, that's funny, because I actually want to talk about that. You got out of character. You were in the Paul Schaefer thing. I think we're starting to find a rhythm, and then you threw the whole thing off. You, ba- uh. you bailed on your own bit. Uh, uh, uh. That's that's my only issue with it. You know, Paul Schaefer, uh, would you – okay, let me ask you this. Would you rather have uh, Paul Schaefer's job or, like – would you rather have been Paul Schaefer or Jay Leno's guy? Oh, Paul Schaefer. Kevin Eubanks. Sure. Paul Schaefer for really? sure. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Because Schaefer kind of, he was, um, I don't know, he was a part of it in a certain way, but it also felt like David Letterman talked down to him at some times. Like, Kevin Eubanks was just like your dude. Like, 
Hey. Yeah. Well, first of all, I was never a Leno fan, anyways. Ah, uh, me neither. But I think I think that Letterman had incredible respect for Paul Schaefer. Plus, Paul Schaefer and his band were always playing big events around New York City, yeah. and and insanely respected throughout the the entire. Yeah, he was uh, a genius industry. musician. Yeah. 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 And 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 I think that I mean David Letterman always made things awkward, which I always appreciate. The, yes, know, he did. So, There's something about it where he was always comfortable when others were uncomfortable, which I think is a is a sign of a genius comedian. If you have the opportunity, go back and listen to um, the interview that he did with Paris Hilton, because <laughs> you can tell that uh, the first five questions he asked were given to him by her publicist, sure. and he just friggin' rocketed through those things. <laughs> like, then got why are you here tonight? What's your perfume about? What's your new show about? And then he goes, "I heard you went to prison for a DUI." <laughs> Dave Letterman is fantastic. Have you watched any of his new Netflix? Haven't yet. Not bad. Not yeah. bad. Not as not as good. It doesn't have the same dynamic of the show, but the interviews are really good, and I think he does a good job kind of getting, you know, guys to open up. About He's living it. the life, man. It's not bad. Probably living on a sweet CBS payout and just doing whatever the hell he wants on Netflix. Uh, yeah, he made he certainly made plenty of money. Uh, so we do need to get to your alma mater uh, here real quick. So if anybody missed it, uh, this started with the, a tweet from the head coach of Hawaii. So he actually tweeted out the letters that were being sent to the University of Hawaii. Uh, so they blacked out the players' names that the recruiting letters were sent to. But the address clearly says University of Hawaii with the school's address on it. And enclosed is recruiting material from the Oregon State Beavers. Like, detailed recruiting material not just letters like booklets oh yeah like a, a recruiting pack because they'll do this beavers they'll, decals they'll uh in yeah. the recruiting process you'll get letters and usually when you get letters that means they just have very mild interest in you uh when they send you packets with material and like propaganda kind of stuff that's when it's like hey we want you to get over here like we have some serious interest this is calculated the invitation to the spring game was rejected because Hawaii's spring game was played the same day, which adds <laughs> adds a funny line to it. Freaking awesome. And then the other line that was really good in there, so one of the things in the Beavers material, it said, combined 203 years of coaching experience. Because here's the thing. If you're the Beavers, you can't really build your recruiting around a whole lot of recent success. So what you need to do is kind of go, hey, we've got 203 years of coaching experience. And then, of course, the rebuttal was, hey, in the uh, 203 years of coaching, you would think that maybe somebody knew that it was a violation to recruit somebody that's already playing for another Division One school. Yeah, I kind of think they know that. Yeah. So here's Which the is, question. Will Darkens, yeah. you were recruited by Oregon State. You played for Oregon State. <laughs> yeah. How does this sit with you, uh, with your team, uh, obviously cheating? I think it's friggin' awesome. <laughs> because you, you have that. nothing to lose at this point. Okay. What do you have seriously to lose? Because they've played this perfectly. All you have to do is just give an excuse about how this was some mishap, some mix-up. I, I mean, don't know what happened. I mean, the the obviously somebody should have caught this, but we had a student assistant who was packing sure. those letters and filling out the addresses. Clearly an oversight. And you know what? It's a huge oversight because a lot of the same guys that are on that team we were recruiting, what, mm -hmm. two years ago? And, uh, you know, they used a current address that they found online, which yeah. was obviously the address for the um, – for the stadium, for the school, it, it, it happens. It's a, it's an oversight. And who is really going to care about this? 
on the NCAA level, do you think they're really going to care to slap a violation on Oregon State? This is awesome. Well, and even if they do, what type of violation is it? They're going to lose a scholarship? Sure. I mean, it's it, in the end, it won't be a big enough violation to make it. No. Part of the reason that this is a story is it was a pretty good comeback by the Hawaii staff, and the way that they kind of laid everything out was was humorous. I don't think this is going to be anything of but any me, significance. Let me say this. I think it's one of those not all press is bad kind of things. Sure. It's one of those things that kind of gets you on the map a little bit as being labeled as aggressive. And I think that a lot of uh, high school recruits can really relate to that because when you're young and you're getting in this whole recruiting process, you're very self-centered and you're self-focused and you, you want to kind of build your own career. And so if you got a school like this, who's this ruthless, who's going to go after players that are already on a roster who have <laughs> maybe, I don't know, a year or two ago already signed a letter of intent, right? Because you and I found out today, once you sign the letter of intent, other schools can't talk to you. Yeah, so that was the interesting part because it's like, okay, how, wh wh where does the violation yeah. actually exist? And it was actually difficult to find any information on it. And the only tidbit we could find is, yeah, once you sign the letter of intent, it's hands off to all other schools. Yes. And you know that nobody's following that because there's decommits all the time where somebody has either verbally committed or signed and reverses what they're doing, or they transfer after a year. There's no way. It, it's essentially a tampering charge, which isn't going to be a huge violation. Well, I would be interested to see how many schools violated this in secret when SC got slapped with all their sanctions, with all their bowl stuff. Because I bet you anything, there was a bunch of SEC schools that went after those players and were like, hey, man, you want to sit out bowls for the next two years? Screw that. Come well, to Tennessee. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it's that, but it's also, I mean, think of the other violations that we've seen locally, the whole Willie Lyles thing. Where yeah. You've got, you know, a paid recruitment company down and, you know, handing out dollar bills down in Texas for you. I mean, this is not. And I can't that. believe it wasn't Chip Kelly's fault. No, no, of course it wasn't. That's so crazy to Listen, me. you know, I'm having a good run here, but it's, I think it's time for me to get to the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, my buddy Pete Carroll was giving me this advice. You know, it's like sometimes you can only win so much in college, and yeah. then you need to go up to the next level to challenge yourself. And because my friend Pete, you know, did it you just purely out of the love of competition and nothing to do with sanctions at his school, I figure I would do the same thing here from Oregon. And uh, am I an egomaniac who decided to have complete control of personnel decisions and coaching? Yes. Did it get me fired? Yes. Did I then take a job at the Niners that was ill-advised? Yes. But did that also give me enough time so that any sanctions that were upon me would have dissolved and I can go back to college and take a big money job at UCLA? Yes. Yeah. And? And now he's living the life <laughs> so in California. We, so we do think we're actually worried about Oregon State sending letters. No. No. God, no. No. And who's going to suspect Jonathan Smith anyway? That guy is a Boy Scout. <laughs> he looks like one. Perfect, perfect representation. Also has turtle face. Does he have turtle face? He does turtle I'll face. I'll let me pull up Jonathan Smith. Take a looky. I'm pulling it up. And now it's 200 and what years of coaching experience? 203. Now, who do you think has the most of that? Uh, well, they, they added a tight ends coach that has probably 150 of those by himself. Who's that? Riley. Mike Riley's their tight end coach. Oh, and right. Yeah, he's yeah. tight ends. I got to tell you, tight ends coach is um, the most, like, dummy position there is. And I don't mean dummy as in stupid. I mean dummy as in like, hey, we either got to get this guy on staff or we have a GA who wants to further his career when we found a spot for him. Because literally the tight ends coach, all you're doing is just teaching the tight ends how to block. That's it. Because most of them don't want to block. Uh, and you kind of have to just teach them the line adjustments of blocking. They all know how to catch and run routes and all that. But, I mean, that's why they usually give it to a line coach or somebody experienced like 
Michael Riley. I don't see turtle face on Jonathan Smith. Really? No, not really getting turtle. Let me take a look at him. Jonathan Smith. Oh, by the way, it's pretty hard to Google Jonathan Smith. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I just did Jonathan Smith, Oregon State. Didn't expect that. Yeah. Really? Um, kind of shot you a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, he's got definite turtle face. No. And you know, I think it's no, he's got mid-level level manager face is what he's got. I think it's interesting that they're doing this under Riley's watch, too. Do you? Kind of. Because Riley really did follow most of the rules when it came to recruiting. They've got two coaches they brought over from the University of Hawaii. They've mm -hmm. got connection to kids over there that may have been recruiting. And, you know, you, again, like you said, you just go, oh, it just we didn't know that he was already enrolled. But that's pretty under – I mean, you're taking a dude, but, Jonathan Smith, who's learned under Chris Peterson practically his whole coaching career. And then you got Mike Riley, who I can tell you from personal experience recruiting-wise, he got creative when it came to recruiting. And I'm I'm meaning that on the most base level possible. He got creative in that he would go in the nooks and crannies of every single high school in the country and find talents like James Rogers. Were, were you in a nook or a cranny at Lake O? Oh, we were powerhouse. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You, you know were you they, totally into cranny you know when you were You know what they rated school? me on Rivals.com? What, 33rd best Three. Line? Three star. That's oh. out of three. <laughs> I don't think it is. Oh, it's out of five. Well, yeah. You know what my spark rating was? <laughs> what is a spark rating? So, you remember spark? <laughs> no. Really? Is that, is that the energy drink? So, spark was Was that some, the energy drink with booze in it? So, spark was some, um, <laughs> I think it was like some training was, brand for Nike. Wasn't spark like four locos? It's not like four locos. Let's not get into four locos. I know, but spark was like, wasn't there something called spark? I'm going to look it up. Sure, there is something like spark. Yeah. But they had this uh, subsidiary company, I think Nike did, called Spark, which was basically just training people to learn how to train. Like, uh, they did combines and hosted stuff like that. And so I went to one Oregon camp where they had a uh, Spark thing. They gave you a Spark score, and mine was uh, 75. Spark is an Advocare energy drink. That's out of 100. You got a 75 out of 100? I got a 75 out of 100 for my athleticism. Nice. I did that on a test once, and I got a C or worse. Hey. Yeah. You go where you fit in. Yeah. Anyways. All right. So you were great. We get that. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> you missed uh, the NFL draft while you're gone. And you have some fiery hot takes on the NFL draft. Why Baker Mayfield was the right pick at one from the mouth of Will Darkens. Ah. Next. First, the news. Top of chimpanzees. It was a monkey. Mutating my veins and I'm out to keep the chimpanzees. It's my jam. Big time. I was looking at the uh, Sparks energy drink, and that was an alcoholic energy drink, uh, debuted in 2002. 7% alcohol energy drink. What's the other percent? The rest of it is uh, energy drink. 7% of it is alcohol. The rest is basically, you know, rock star, something like that. Ah, they're using the juicy juice theory. They're using the, well... I mean, yeah, but the juicy juice theory is not exactly the same as the alcohol theory, where the uh, contents of alcohol, had they been 100%, would be poison to you. Now, but 1% juice yes. is a whole different. I know where you're going. That's the juicy there juice. There is more theory. percent alcohol in an alcoholic drink than there is juice in juicy juice. So the whole juicy juice is theory. Is juicy juice one of our sponsors? They should be. Okay. The whole juicy juice theory is that juicy juice contains 1% juice. Yeah. Now, what is the 99% other than the juice? Your name is Juicy Juice. 
Is that let's make sure. well? Why is there only one percent juice? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't even know if that's a brand. We may have just picked a brand. I know that you can get the one percent juice. Yeah, and high fructose corn syrup. Don't forget that. Ridiculous. Somewhat ridiculous. Uh, the text line five five three zero five had a good thought on the whole um, escaping any uh, punishment from the NCAA. Mm. Uh, for Oregon State with their new recruiting violations. Let's just take a page out of our president's book. Yes. And just viciously attack the claims as lies, even though there's visual proof and clear evidence uh, that you did that. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad idea. Pretty simple. I mean, all I'm saying about that whole subject is it's Oregon State, and we're still irrelevant at this point. Like, why not take chances? Who cares? Like, you're going to get slapped with nothing. It's... It's the University of Hawaii and Oregon State having a beef on Twitter. Yep, it is. Before we get into your hot, hot, hot recruiting or uh, draft takes, oh. we do have a couple Twitter polls. So our fine show can be found at 1080thefan.com or at SinnerSaint1080, where you can check out our uh, weekend polls. Uh, Will Darkens, what? What? Are our polls? We have two. The first one being, who do you have winning the Kentucky Derby? The Kentucky Derby is in fact today. Is it? Yes, it is. Twelve uh, percent say Jed Huey. Excellent. Uh, Fourteen, or I'm sorry, seventeen percent say Mendelssohn John. Mendelssohn. I can't pronounce that one. Okay. It's hard. I'd have to look it up, but I don't go on Twitter. So. Thirty-one percent say Justify, who's the odds leader at this point out of the gate. Okay. And forty percent. Say my boy Jack. Who's my actually boy Jack. Second in odds. All right. So uh, nobody's going for the. Not as many going for the favorite as the second favorite. What are the odds? Do you, do you know the odds on those guys? No, I don't. We'll get into the Kentucky Derby in the second hour. We'll revisit the poll and we will get you odds on the 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 best uh, thoroughbreds in the uh, contest. And we'll we'll give our uh, sharp and poignant analysis of uh, horse racing because we're so smart about that thing. The other one we got is uh, some NBA talk later. What? I beg your pardon? Well, let's take King James out of the equation. Who's your NBA this, wait, playoff sh- MVP? This so is your other poll. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. 5% say Jason Tatum. 20% say James Harden. 34% say Donovan Mitchell. And 41% right now say Anthony Davis. Anthony, I thought you were going to uh, Terry Rozier over Jason Tatum. Yeah. I'd, change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of just said, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Not going to do that. wonder if it would change the results at all. Who knows? We're Screw not gonna take, you, Dad. We're not I'm gonna, not doing it. We're not going to take the time to do that. Um, so you missed all of the uh, expansive NFL draft coverage that we did here on this fine radio station. Mm. But you had a hot, hot, hot take, and it was actually a reversal from your initial thought. which Spicy. was Which was bake, caliente. Mm. Um your Baker Mayfield thoughts. Yes. Number one overall draft pick to the Cleveland Browns. Your initial thoughts and then why you reverse field on this. So my initial thoughts was Johnny Manziel 2.0. And the only okay. reason I think I a lot said, of people thought that. Yeah. And a lot of people had that opinion mostly because, well, one, similar playing styles really sure. in offense. Uh, you could say Baker Mayfield was not even a tad, but far more accurate. But at the same time, they kind of mimicked each other on the field. They had that kind of exciting uh, firework style of play where you never know what's going to happen next. Two was that off the um, field. Yeah, you know he got a uh, or he ran from cops drunk. Yeah, got that, arrested. That reminds you a little bit of Johnny Manziel's behavior. A the, bit. the crotch grab against Kansas. That one I wasn't so bothered by, but it did kind of. Well, show no, but it reminds you of Johnny Manziel. It didn't bit. bother me. I hey, go for it. You're playing college football and the guys are talking trash. 
up yours. After that, I read this article on ESPN that they put out where they kind of went through the whole process of why the Browns uh, came to that decision, of course, because they had the number one pick. They had their choice over the big three this year. Um, big four. Well, it was what, Ro- Josh Rosen, Rosen, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and the Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield, I guess. But Mayfield was kind of out of that. It was it was more Allen, Rosen, and Darnold who were thought of as like, oh, you got to get one of those guys. Sure. So he was a little bit outside of that. But when they really went into it, they said, well, he has the accuracy. We get the height thing. We can get over that. But they actually took this whole idea of Baker Mayfield kind of being a a-hole uh, on and off the field and said, that dude's competitive. That yeah. dude is completely completely competitive all he cares about is winning and actually what they also looked at was uh they talked to a bunch of coaches on the oklahoma staff and say wherever that guy goes everybody lights up everybody gets excited he goes into a room he goes into a locker room everybody starts getting excited they want to play they're ready to go they talked about him uh i think it was either at a pro day or some other kind of event that was out at oklahoma where he came into the locker room real early when everybody was kind of getting changed he made this huge woohoo sound and everybody just started lighting up and coming around him and talking to him. And I I can relate to that and say that the more energy that you bring and the talent that you have and the talent that Baker Mayfield has, I think he will be an okay quarterback. I don't think he should play out of the gate. I think he should sit behind Tyrod Taylor for a little bit and kind of learn because in terms of players, they are kind of similar in a way, similar height. You don't have to adjust the entire offense to make a transition between those two guys. I would just kind of let him sit for a bit and feel it out. In your playing experience, the woohoo guys, the guys that come in that are really good locker room guys, how often do they have a either negative perception or just kind of a – you know, outside of the locker room, those are guys that you're like, nah, I don't know that this is the guy that's going to be when most popular anywhere outside of this realm. Well, How much of it is that? Well, woohoo guys, they're kind of different. Like Sammy Strider is a really good example of a woohoo guy who, you know, if you look at him outside of football, you would have said, holy crap, that guy's got to run for mayor. Because <laughs> he really was. He was a really upstanding guy who did yeah. community service constantly. He had a 3.8 GPA. Uh, graduated early. Like, I mean, the guy was on complete friggin' point. But Sammy Strotter walked into a room and everybody kind of veered their attention towards him. He was probably one of the greater route runners that I ever knew who could just stop on a dime at 10 yards. And so he had the talent to back it up. But when he goes into a room, you just kind of gravitate to Sammy. And so uh, I think it's a different situation where you have some of those guys who are good out in the community. And then yeah. you have guys like Baker where you know it's going to be a pretty friggin' awesome night with baker he's pretty broed out oh he's broed out yeah. big and, and i love that headband that he wore <laughs> or the headband. bandana yeah, yeah i hate that pro day it's was, a nike nike headband i yeah. friggin love that yeah thing. i thought it was terrible but uh <laughs> whatever it doesn't matter i'm not not too concerned about that but there is an element too with guys like that though sometimes from a distance you're like, oh, this guy looks terrible. But then you get to talk to them in person. You get up close and you get around them and you can actually see that energy. Yeah. And I think there's an element of that, too, where you kind of see, like, from a distance, Baker Mayfield is exhausting. What? But he, How so? Well, just everything we kind of went through, you know what I mean? Where it's like the, the, the he's a little too much. The, the arrest is one of those things that worries you, all of those things. The 10,000-foot view, you just go, oh, it's another Johnny Manziel. And Johnny, you know, is that guy where he always has to be the center of attention. This is never going to work out well, blah, 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 blah. Mm. But then you actually get around guys like that sometimes and you go, 
he's not so bad. Actually, I kind of like this guy. I love this guy. I'll run through a wall for him. And that may be the reason that we saw his draft stock rise, where every all the GMs looked at him from a distance and go, yeah, I don't know about this guy. He's a little hot shot. He's a little short. And you can it's easy to pick him apart from a distance. And then you saw as the draft approached, people were talking about him being the top guy that the Jets were that the reason the Jets moved up was to get Baker Mayfield. You heard rumors and they're still persisting that the, the Patriots were ready to make a big move to go up and get this guy. And then he becomes the, the first round draft. They were pick. Bluffing. I I I Well, but these are these are post draft stories yeah. that they're talking about it. So this is there was a little before it, but this is after the draft. So it's not a bluff. It's I think people trying to uncover it but but that kind of gives you the idea that yeah from 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 a distance this guy seems you know a little douche bro but as you get to know him he's a guy that like you said loves football he's the guy that comes in and creates the energy around it so I don't know that I'm completely sold on the idea of him being a transcendent quarterback and he's got a tough road to hoe because he's in Cleveland which kills quarterbacks but but I don't think it's as bad a pick as uh as I did initially either so I'm kind of on the same trajectory with you can i tell you who i can't wait to see just suck in the nfl josh allen josh allen yeah. yes josh allen completely and it it makes it even better that he got drafted by the bills we talked we talked about this last week but i'll, I'll bring it up again it's funny because i was looking at draft grades actually to write the monologue and put together all those jokes and i saw that josh allen the day before had gotten an f and i'm like oh let me find somebody that's got an a plus so i can do a contrast on it CBS Sports for both articles. I pulled up from two different writers. One was an F, one was an A plus for the Bills pick of Josh Allen. That to me, that contrast in that makes you makes you think bust. I don't okay, on a pick level, it's like a B. Okay. It's whatever. a B because well, who else is your quarterback? Josh Rosen was available. If Josh Rosen ends up going and being a uh, Hall of Famer, and you pick Josh Allen, who's out of the league in three years, you're going to look pretty dumb. Here's my thing with uh, Rosen, though, to Buffalo, is because I think he he is a high-attention, high-kind-of-attraction guy where if you bring him into a high-profile situation, or you bring in a high-profile guy to kind of a, a small-market situation that Buffalo is in, I think he might get a little bit of blowback. I don't think he's that high-profile. I think, I think he's super high-profile. He's coming from Wyoming. What? He's coming. Josh. No, I'm talking about Josh Rosen. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I think that if he went to Buffalo, you'd have a really high-profile guy go into this small market where you might get some backlash. I can it. see that a little bit. But either way, like I said, it, it, what you're going to do is go, you could have had X. That's what we'll do in four years. Doesn't matter. Could have had me. NBA playoffs we'll get to in the second hour. Uh, we've also got Kentucky Derby. Next is Good versus Evil, Center and Saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the what has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions. I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil, brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. Do you feel appreciated by them, and do they have the appropriate gratitude for what you have achieved? I plead the fifth. <laughs> I think everybody in general wants to be appreciated more at work, you know, in their professional life, but... There's a lot of people that are you appreciate me more than, you know, way more than I ever thought. 
That was national spokesperson for people with punchable faces, Tom Brady. The New England Patriots quarterback joined Jim Gray at the Milken Institute Global Conference this week when Gray asked the Boy Scout if he felt appreciated by the Patriots staff. Eagle Scout. Well, I guess, yeah, because he's a full-grown man now, yeah. right? Yeah. Are full-grown men in the Eagle Scouts? No, but I think that's the highest level you can achieve with Boy Scouts. So what you do is once you go beyond Boy Scout, then you, you refer to yourself as an Eagle Scout. So we got to ask this, and he responded by kissing his son inappropriately on the... Oh, wait. No, that's that other thing. <laughs> that's <laughs> Brady instead pleaded the fifth, laughed the question off. Do you see this as Tom Brady's last year playing in the NFL or his last year as a Patriot? No, I don't. Um, no to both? Yeah, no to both. I, 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 I do not buy the infighting that's going on in New England. I think the idea is that Tom Brady probably did want Jimmy Garoppolo gone, and I think there's probably some lament to that. But what they do after that? Oh, they went to the Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah, okay. So I think everything seems to be working fine. Did he retire this year because of that? No. I don't think so. Gronk didn't retire. Listen, people like to win. I think Bill Belichick is as reluctant to speak to the media is he as he is calculated i think he plans kind of the way it's out i don't think they squash these rumors because it detracts from talking about anything that he doesn't want to talk about already so he's like yeah let it roll he never really tried to like think of the deflate gate or the spy gate he just let it roll you guys talk about whatever you want we're going to keep winning we're going to focus on football and i think tom brady appreciates that that's why he's been there so long belichick and robert Kraft both have really hot wives they do well are they both married yeah. Uh, also, uh, Tom Brady's wife, not so bad. Meh. Meh. If you're into that. You'll have to ask Kawhi and his group that question. You know, so far they say that uh, he's he's not ready to go. Is there any? So we can't do anything until that happens. Then we'll then we would have to decide what's going on from there. But that's the first you know thing that has to happen. That was the angriest man in the NBA, Greg Popovich, talking about the mysterious mystery of his sort of injured star, Kawhi Leonard. The strange nature of Leonard's absence became even stranger after ESPN wrote an article this past week detailing many of the influences trying to pull Leonard in different directions, everyone from the Spurs to his uncle's talent agency. Are you on board for trading C.J. McCollum for Kawhi, even if we have to give up a little bit more? You're baiting me on this yeah, one. You, did, know, yeah. you know how I feel about this whole Kawhi. Yes. This... this his injury is to his feelings that he doesn't. Speaking of guys that are worried about being underappreciated, Kawhi Leonard is, I guess, a top three player in the league. But guess what? He didn't play. He's under contract for another year, one more year. So if he ends up getting traded somewhere where he doesn't want to be, he's grumpy enough that he'll either sit out with a phantom injury or he'll be gone in a year. So you don't have a long-term contract, so you're not going to have any assurance that he'll be back the next year. And this, to me, is a huge red flag. A guy that just sits out with no explanation, no communication with the team. It'd be one thing if he was on the sideline, but he's not. He's disappeared off the planet, and he's not come out to defend himself in any way, shape, or form. To me, that's weird. I would not trade for him. Even Why if not? He, because you're losing a, a good to great player uh, for, for a, for a, for a unknown. top three player. If he plays. You got to roll the dice. Yes. To me, to me, I, A, I don't see them trading him for C.J. McCollum. That's part of it. And B, he's only under contract for one year. And who knows what the guy wants to do? 
I'm not sure if that's the proper way to fix windshield wipers, but I guess that that's what he was talking about, right? Language joke. That was a kill my day. That was Ichiro Suzuki making a brief statement on his new role as the that was uh, brief with the Mariners. Thursday, the veteran outfielder announced he will transition into a front office role in Seattle, special assistant to the chairman. If this is the end of Ichiro, he'll finish his career with an impressive 311 batting average. What was your favorite Ichiro moment? Uh, I mean, the 2001 season, he wins Rookie of the Year and he wins the MVP and they win 116 games. Obviously, it didn't end as well as everybody hoped it would, but that season was uh, awesome. It was absolutely spectacular. And then it was from the summer of 69. It was, it, you know what? I mean, in. in in part, it kind of was. I mean, that was the year that uh, Ichiro arrived. Me and my buddies had gone down to spring training to watch him play. Um, that was one of the best baseball summers ever, and then the fall uh, sucked. But that's the Mariners baseball. And since then, it was Ichiro making insignificant numbers in insignificant moments, and he'd steal bases when it didn't matter, and he'd get hits when it didn't matter. And you always wanted him to be a little bit more. So to me, there's a little bit of a fall off. But even recently, he had a, a catch over the wall uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, where you just kind of go, oh, man, I remember how exciting he was. Because it wasn't just his hitting. It was his fielding. And, and that summer when he was introduced to Major League Baseball was the, the best. You know who I'd compare Ichiro to in the NBA? Uh, Tracy McGrady? Vince Carter. Okay. Longevity. Yeah. Really exciting. Because he kind of was. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, Vince Carter's still playing, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he was in Sacramento this year. God, what a B.A. <laughs> well, it's time for my favorite story, and this one comes from the most dysfunctional musician in the world, Kanye West. Ooh. After his controversial interview with TMZ this past week, when he alleged to the idea that slavery is in fact a choice, a radio station <laughs> in Detroit started the what? hashtag Mute Kanye movement. 105.1 The Bounce. You ever listen to the bounce? No. It's a rocking station, man. They put it up. Says they're going to no longer play his music. Um, I find it weird how people still take stock in Kanye West's opinion. He's you know a culture. He's a cultural icon. Yeah, but he's bipolar. Well, clearly. So we're going to take some deep stock into a bipolar person's opinion. Yeah. Yeah. People. Uh, people are stupid. People are dumb. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He's got he's got a huge voice and people hear it and the the thing is he's said enough that people have agreed with over the years that now they're not sure how to feel when he says something. I mean he he had a exchange with Trump on Twitter. He was he was chatting with the the kids from Parkland. Uh, he was made some comment about uh, he was matching the haircut of the girl Emma Gonzalez. She's like you're my he's like you're my hero. She snaps back on, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, I think uh, something happened with his mom recently where she died in the hospital, and I think that's kind of taken a toll on him. I don't know, he's always been crazy, in my opinion, but what do I know? He's so, a nut. Yeah, he's always been that way. So, so again, it's just... But you know what's interesting to me is, is that if you were to take the 2010s for some music heads, for some people who are super into music, they would tell you that he was the artist of the generation in the 2010s okay. and even the 2000s like the later part of it because you yeah. could go like 60s beatles 70s zeppelin 80s bowie 90s nirvana and then after that you kind of go well, yeah. kanye right. what? 
So yeah, you want to roll through some uh, generational talents that ended up being crazy? Where do you want to start? Michael Jackson? He wasn't crazy. <laughs> he was passionate. Okay. About children. Yeah. Whoa. He, he was. Yeah. Anyways, there's a whole there's a whole lot of crazy in the realm of musicians, and uh, you know, it's I don't think it's all that uncommon. <laughs> Good job. Keep making music. Stop talking. Uh, has been uttered more than once to more than one musician. So. There you go. Uh, Good versus evil brought to you by 808, the titan of Hawaiian restaurants. Two locations, 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstock. Mm, Hawaiian food. Did you like Mm. the food in Hawaii? Had so much pokey. Oh, I love poke. Me too. Poke, not pokey. Pokey. Poke. Mm. You go to, well, you were on a different island. Never mind. Uh, I'll have to figure out the name. There's a, a little grocery store that's got a whole poke bar. In it, it's our um, little grocery store. Mm. It's a huge poke bar. It's on, I don't think it's far from where you were. Did you end up going there? Uh, poke Express? No, it was a, I think it's different than that. Either way, poke. Fantastic. Uh, you can get it at 808, the sponsor of Good versus Evil. Next, NBA playoffs. You're listening to The Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 